The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Natural Today, out with toxins, in with your health. Your host is Teresa Jungling. Although not a doctor, Teresa's extensive research enabled her to take control of her health after unexplainable health symptoms began taking a toll on her life. What Teresa has learned and what will be discussed with experts on today's show will undoubtedly help you too. Join us now for an hour that could quite literally change your life. Now, here's Teresa. Hello and welcome to Living Natural Today, out with toxins, in with your health, where we come every week to share resources for minimizing toxins in order to live a healthier lifestyle. I'm your host, Teresa Jungling, and I'm excited to be here with you today. I'm someone who is passionate about toxins in our food, environment, personal care products, homes, and more because they have harmed my own health, and I don't want you to have to go down the same road that I did. Well, today I'm excited to have a uh, guest with me uh, to discuss a topic that you might not have heard of before and might not know everything about, but that's smart meters. David Sheldon holds a bachelor's degree in, in uh, physics and economics from Western Michigan University. He also earned his MBA from the University of Chicago. He has over 20 years experience in the software development field. In addition to the technical understanding, he has a smart meters. He has also observed the rapid evolution of smart meter installation and subsequent effects over the past three years. David founded and currently runs Michigan Stop Smart Meters and works alongside the Smart Meter Education Network. Those are both volunteer-based groups that help to inform and assist the public. So thank you for joining me today, David. I, I really appreciate you coming on, and I'm excited to discuss this topic with you. Glad to be here, Teresa. Thanks. Um, actually, a few months ago, I attended a meeting that you spoke at here in the Metro Detroit area uh, regarding smart meters, and, and I'm just grateful for the work that you're doing to, to help educate all of us and to provide resources for everyone regarding this issue. And I know that um, even though you're a, an organization which is uh, founded in Michigan here, I know smart meters is you know, a national topic, and, and today you know, I want to address smart meters in general since you know, this show goes out past Michigan, of course. So um, I also want to discuss, you know, dirty electricity and then, and then something else that I personally have issues with, and that's EMFs. And um, if we can have a little bit of a discussion on that, too, that would be great. So what I'm going to do here is just go right into the questions. And, and if you could just, um, to start off, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, you've covered uh, some of the highlights of my career already, I think. Um, my career, early career experience was with General Electric Research Laboratory and with Exxon Enterprises, which is a venture capital firm. And then in the latter part of my career, I was involved in software design and, and uh, installations and testing. Um, that's basically my background. I'm retired now, and I fortunately have the time now to deal with this uh, latest threat to our health. Right, and it sounds like you have a great, great experience to... Um 
add to this. So, so that's great. Um, can you can you tell us a little bit about the organization that you started, the Michigan Stop Smart Meters? Yeah. And yes, I, I started this about three years ago, and uh, this was triggered when we began to get letters from Detroit Edison that they were going to be coming into the neighborhoods to quote upgrade our electric meters. And I read the letter of introduction explaining all of the alleged new benefits of the meters. The thing that struck me reading between the lines was that this was going to be a massive privacy invasion. Um, They were going to track our electric usage, not just for billing purposes, but they wanted to monitor it hour by hour and some cases even minute by minute. So this is what set me off initially into starting Michigan Stop Smart Meters. But as I got into it, and we started having meetings, public meetings and lectures and so on. I began to meet more and more people who were suffering from the health effects of these meters. Uh, that was not my own complaint initially, uh, but as I talked to more and more people, I realized that we needed to be stressing that in, a, in our website and in our public lectures as well. And that's exactly what I want to uh, discuss today because um, the show revolves around toxins and around health. So I I think that'll be great if we can address those issues. That'll be great. Um, If we can start also just by explaining what a smart meter is. And if you can tell us, I know that there's the analog meters and the smart meters, if you can explain the differences, but then give us a definition of what a smart meter is. Absolutely. Well, what we call an analog meter is basically mechanical in nature, electromechanical. And it's the type of meter most of us are familiar with if we've been looking at our own meters to read our meters. It has the familiar clock dials across the top and the big wheel that slowly turns in the middle. That's the analog meter. Um, The smart meter, um, the difference is, first of all, that it's electronic and not mechanical, and then it performs a lot of other functions besides just measuring your electrical usage for billing purposes. Uh, The new functions include measuring your usage hour by hour or even minute by minute and transmitting the state of the utility in real time via a radio link or, in some cases, a hardwired high-speed Internet connection. In the United States, all the utilities have opted for radio transmission, unfortunately. The new functions also often include a radio receiver so that commands can be sent to your meter by the utility These commands may be to turn off your power when a bill has not been paid or to turn off particular appliances in your home in order to to balance their their load during peak load hours. Okay, now how long have the new smart meters been around then? Well, in the United States, it's been about five years. um, And they started in California and they've been working their way east, but... The, the first major installations and the first major protests developed on the California coast. Um, now, in some of the, the rest of the world, in some of the European countries, it's been somewhat longer, possibly six or seven years since they started installing them. Okay, and that's what I was going to ask, too, if they are worldwide. So they are worldwide? They are worldwide. The amazing thing is, if you look at a map of where they're deployed, they are in just about every industrialized country in the world and all within the last five to seven years. The governments in each of these many nations have either mandated these meters or strongly uh, incentivized the utilities to install them. Okay. 
Um, if we could just take a step back for a minute before we uh, delve into the health ramifications or, or different other ramifications that can come from the smart meters um, and just take a look at it the other side. And I know at the meeting that I was at um, where you presented, there was also a, a representative from a, a local electronic or utility company. So if you can explain to me why the utility companies see smart meters as a benefit? Sure. Why, why are they launching these? Sure. We always try to incorporate that in our public presentations as well. You know, I always play devil's advocate initially to outline the supposed benefits of the meters, and then we try to rebut them as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, the first benefit that the utilities like to talk about, of course, is that it automatically reports the meter readings without having to send somebody around once a month to manually read the meters. There's an obvious labor savings there. Secondly, the utilities would like to know how much electricity you're using at different times a day. This would be because in the near future, they want to begin charging different rates for usage at different times a day. Uh, they likely charge the highest rates to people who use electricity between 3, 3 p.m. and 9 o'clock in the evening because this is the period of greatest demand on the system. And they try to persuade people to run dishwashers, washing machines, and dryers after 9 o'clock, and they'll offer substantially lower rates at those times of day to provide an incentive for people to do that. Finally, um, utilities want the ability to turn off particular appliances in your home. This is so... If they find the total demand on their system is greater than they can meet, they can reduce the load by turning off appliances that they don't think you need uh, immediately. And, of course, that would be, again, things like dishwashers, washers, dryers, and uh, in some cases, air conditioning. Okay. And then is there, um, I think another reason that they had mentioned at that meeting was if there's an outage, a power outage, they can then target where the outage is without us having yes. to call in. Is that correct, too? That's right. That's another benefit that they uh, certainly like to talk about. Okay. Okay. Okay, so now I, I do want to get into what's called dirty electricity and what we're being exposed to. So um, can you explain what dirty electricity even is? Sure, sure. Uh, I think first we need to distinguish between dirty electricity on the one hand and radio frequency radiation on the other. The radio transmission, radio transmitter in a smart meter, of course, deals in radio frequency, and that's one of the harmful agents that we're trying to avoid. But the other one that we commonly call dirty electricity, that's kind of the, the slang term for it, an engineer would call it poor power quality. What it is is much lower frequencies that travel through your home wiring. This would be something like maybe a thousand cycles per second or two thousand cycles per second that actually rides on your home wiring along with the sixty cycle current that's supposed to be there. And and this sort of thing is caused by a lot of electronic devices that contain a certain kind of power supply called a switch mode power supply. The smart meters contain that, but a lot of your other appliances do too, television sets, uh, computers, radios, a lot of things have this kind of power supply in them that generates the dirty electricity. The difference, though, is two things. Most of these appliances are much better filtered than the smart meter is, and you can turn them off. You use them for a few hours a day or Uh, perhaps many hours a day, but at least at night when you're sleeping, you can turn them off so that you get a period of respite from from that. 
smart meter can never be turned off. It's 24-7. So we think there's very great concern with the type of low-frequency stuff that the smart meter puts on your home wiring. Now, with the um, frequencies that way, how does that compare to like a cell phone or a baby monitor? Because all those are emitting this too, correct? Yeah. Um, Well, now it depends on who you listen to. If you listen to the utilities, they'll tell you that the the, uh, cell phone emits 100 times greater radio frequency radiation than you would get from a smart meter. And they tell you that because that should make you feel comfortable, right? I mean, everybody is kind of used to using cell phones now, and and that um, seems to be okay with most people. So if they tell you the smart meter only emits one one hundredth as much as a cell phone, then you think, well, gosh, that must be okay. Mm -hmm. But there's a researcher, um, a physicist, Daniel Hirsch, who's with a university out in California that did extensive research on this and testing, and he found just the opposite to be the case, that what he calls an apples-to-apples comparison, he says, let's look at the total body exposure from a cell phone as compared with the total body exposure from the smart meter. And on that basis, the smart meter gives us 100 times as more exposure than what a cell phone does. And on top of that, of course, most of us only use the cell phone a few hours a day, and we can turn it off. And if we have a problem, we're electrosensitive, we can probably avoid using a cell phone altogether. Um, again, the smart meter can never be turned off. We're exposed 24-7, and there's no period of respite at night during the sleep hours. I think that's very important to note, for sure, that you cannot turn this off. And, and like you mentioned, on, on the cell phones or the baby monitors or things like that, those can be turned off throughout the day if you um, are sensitive. And, and like I said, I, I personally am aware of this because I personally am sensitive to these things. It's amazing how even being on my laptop or, you know, having anything, even the cell phones, things like that, I have to keep them away from me. And, um, you know, they'll become a a burning sensation in my neck, you know, just different things go on. So Mm -hmm. I totally understand this and and it affects me personally. You know, on on top top of that too, the cell phone doesn't put dirty electricity on your home wiring. It's not connected to your home wiring, so it can't. Right, right. What the smart meter does. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. So now how how many wireless pulses are typically sent then? Because it's, it's a pulse going across the lines, correct? How far and how often does right. that happen? Okay. Well, here I need to mention that there's two kinds of systems in general to use. One is called uh, the mesh system. Okay. And that is where information is, is transmitted or passed from one meter to the neighbor on to the meter on your neighbor's house and then to the meter on his neighbor's house. Kind of the information is passed along in daisy-chain fashion all down the, down the street from house to house. That's the mesh system. And there are also multiple pathways in case the signal is blocked one by one route, it can find an alternate route. These systems um, need signals that are only powerful enough to reach a few neighboring houses. But these systems create an enormous frequency of pulses chattering away 24-7. We don't have published data for Michigan, but we do have published data for California for a mesh system. Um, The utility out there, Pacific Gas and Electric, was required by the California Public Utility Commission to submit actual data. And what they reported was an average of 9,600 pulses per day. Um, but that's an average. The pulse rate and the pulse signal strength can vary depending 
from one neighborhood to another, depending on such things as how far apart the homes are located. This equates to a pulse about once every eight seconds, all all day. Wow. Okay. Okay. And this I... is the system that Detroit Edison uses here in Michigan. Okay. Then there's the other system that's in common use. It features direct point-to-point communication between each meter and the nearest uh, cell phone tower. This system needs far fewer pulses per day, but they are much higher in energy because the signal must often reach a cell phone tower that could be a mile away. Uh, here in Michigan, Consumers Energy uses this system. So each state will vary with that then? Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, I think we're we're going to um, take a moment for a break right now because um, the next questions I want to get into are going to be more um, regarding the, the the health ramifications here from sure. from dealing with this uh, wireless pulses and the dirty electricity and things. So um, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll continue to talk to David about smart meters. And while we're away, be sure to tweet pound LNT Radio if you have a comment or question. We look forward to talking with you in just a few moments. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Teresa Jungling of Living Natural Today is a fierce advocate for health and wellness. She knows firsthand how one's health can be damaged as a result of toxins, stress, and an unhealthy diet. To learn more about how toxins can impact your health, please visit her website at www.livingnaturaltoday.com. Sign up to receive her free newsletter and, as her gift to you, receive a free guide chock full of useful resources, including links to real food bloggers and recipes, information on organic standards, GMOs, chemicals, recommended safe products, and much more. If you are someone who wants to minimize your exposure to toxins in and around your home, or are someone who simply wants to live a more natural and healthy lifestyle, then Living Natural Today's 14-day program to better health is for you. In this 14-day program, you'll receive practical steps and recommendations that'll help root out toxins in your food, home, personal care products, and more. With daily email guidance, videos, and detoxification tips, this program is sure to open your eyes and transform your health. Sign up today at livingnaturaltoday.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Living Natural Today, out with toxins, in with your health. To reach Teresa or her guests on the show, please tweet using hashtag LNT Radio. You may also send an email to radio at livingnaturaltoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, everyone. I'm Teresa Jungling. Thank you for joining us. I'm back with my guest today, David Sheldon of Michigan Stop Smart Meters. And we're going to continue our discussion about smart meters. So let's just jump right back into it. Um, In the first segment, David um, did a great job explaining what a smart meter is, what the pulses are, what the dirty electricity is, things like that. Um, Now I want to get into some of the 
toxic effects, I guess, of it, um, some of the health risks that might come about as, as we are dealing with these smart meters. So, um, David, I know that in some of the paperwork that I've read through, it talks about smart meter radiation disrupting the blood-brain barrier, nerve transmission, and cell reproduction. Um, can you address that a little bit? Yeah. Um, okay. The, the, the thing we call the blood-brain barrier is a, it's a thin layer of tightly knit cells in the brain whose function is to prevent toxins that might be in the blood from entering the brain. Uh, obviously, this is very important. There's been much uh, published research showing that this barrier begins to break down and allow toxins in the brain if there's been prolonged exposure without remission to radio frequencies or to what is often called the dirty electricity that I spoke about in your first segment. This is the electricity that low-frequency stuff traveling through your home wiring. Um, and um, it's generated by various kinds of electronic equipment, including smart meters. And then that also would then affect your nerve transmission and then the oh, cell yes, reproduction? It, yes, it would. Um, it, it, it does affect the ability of nerve cells to transmit. Um, it, um, it travels through the whole nervous system as well as the brain. And it is thought to be... Um, a situation that can lead over the long haul, 15, 20 years, to developing neurological illnesses like Alzheimer's and uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, and possibly Alzheimer's as well. Um, there's a lot of research on that that can be found, much of it can be found on our website that I'll mention towards the end of your program. Okay, that'll be great. Yep, we want to um, put those resources out there. So do you, have you heard, do most doctors... Um, oppose smart meters. I know locally here in our um, city, there's been a lot of hubbub about smart meters and, and people going before council meetings and, and things like that, and even saying that their doctors have written notes about some of the effects that are happening. Um, it doesn't seem to phase the utility companies, but do you, do you, have you been seeing with your own experience in dealing with this that a lot of doctors are opposing these smart meters? Well, um, let, me, let me put it this way. Um, we have some doctors that are that are up on this issue, but um, radio frequency pollution of our environment is a relatively recent phenomenon. For the most part, it took off in the 90s with the explosion of cell phones and cell towers all over the country. And prior to that, radio frequency wasn't the issue it is today. And most doctors, when they went to medical school, they didn't really get taught about uh, what we call now call electrosmog, radio frequency pollution of the environment. And as you know, the medical establishment tends to be conservative. I mean, look how long it took for mainstream medicine to accept, accept chiropractic, for example. 20 years ago, they were calling them quacks and not letting them see their patients in hospitals. But right. all that has changed. We think as time goes on, more and more doctors will be trained in this field. However, as of now, there are distinguished uh, medical people and scientists all over the world who have published articles in peer-reviewed journals, and much of this research is on our website. Uh, links to it are on our website. So, you know, there's a lot to back up our claims, even though most doctors in everyday practice have, have not been exposed to it as yet. And, and a lot of them are reluctant to go out on a limb. What typically happens, a patient comes into his his primary care doctor and starts complaining of these symptoms, 
they can't sleep at night, for example, or heart palpitations or whatever, the doctor's probably going to reach for his prescription pads and give them a tranquilizer or a muscle relaxant or something of that nature because he just doesn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. But we think, you know, it's going to take a little time, but we think over the, over the next uh, 10 years or so that lots more um, doctors in everyday practice will become familiar with this, this whole topic area. And that leads actually to another question that I just um, was thinking of as you're mentioning, you know, heart palpitations or, or trouble sleeping, things like that. Are there other symptoms that you're hearing from people that they are having as a result oh, yeah. of these smart meters? There's a whole catalog of them, and we hear them over and over again from so many people. Uh, many of these st- symptoms start the very day the smart meters put on the house. The people may not know the smart meters on the house mm-hmm. or have any idea what a smart meter is. But when they reconstruct things later, they find that their symptoms dated back to the day the meter was installed. And these include headaches, nausea, heart palpitations, nervousness, inability to concentrate, mental fog, inability to sleep at night. Um, Sometimes people are developing rashes from this. Blood sugar levels are getting elevated. I'm familiar with one case... uh, where uh, a patient who had a, um, a diabetic condition but was being well-managed prior to the smart meter, and as soon as the smart meter put in, his blood sugar levels uh, just shot through the roof. And they got him away from, into a different house, away from the smart meters, his levels came right back down to normal again. And uh, we had a similar situation with a little girl uh, here in Ferndale, Michigan, who... Um, had a pre-existing thyroid condition that was being well-managed and well-controlled. And as soon as the meter was put on her home, her thyroid levels went through the roof. And she went to visit her grandmother for a few weeks, and everything went back to normal. She moved back to her own home. The thyroid levels went through the roof again. Well, yeah, that's it, it is like putting the pieces of a puzzle together because um, now that specifically, you know that that's what the issue is. Something at the house is causing this when you're away from it and things get better. So, um, yeah, it's just putting the pieces together. And like you said, some of these people are experiencing issues from the day that their smart meter is installed and, and they might not even equate it to the smart meter. But then looking back, mm-hmm. then you can, can figure it yeah. out. So Yeah, and I, and I would say this too. You know, the utility is always saying, well, show us your research, you know, show us your double blind uh, experiments and all this kind of thing. Well, this is very difficult at this point in time because the, the meters, as I say, have only been out there five to seven years in most cases. And it typically takes a much longer time to do controlled studies. What we do have is controlled, controlled studies on the effects of the radiation from cell phones, and it's not good. You know, the World Health Organization has, has published in 2012, they've categorized the the type of radiation that's given off by cell phones and smart meters as a possible carcinogen. And this, this research is well known and the utilities are trying to, trying to hide it. Uh, they talk about other things that the World Health Organization has said, but not that report from 2012. Okay. You, you took the next question right out of my mouth because yeah, I was going to ask you about that one. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> Well, that's great that you were able to address that one, too, because that was something that I found interesting from, you know, listening to your talk when I went to, to hear you um, 
you had brought up the the World Health Organization yeah, and their know, observations another, that another, way. Another thing too, um, an example of a type of study that's done. One study was done in San Francisco. There was a big radio tower in the center of San Francisco, a big tall radio tower. And what they did is they looked at people who had lived for, I think it was 15 years or longer, within a one-mile radius of that tower, and they looked at their incidence of things like um, um, Parkinson's disease and Lou Gehrig's disease as compared with the population that had lived for 15 years or longer further than a mile away from that radio tower. And what they found was double the incidence of these diseases for the people that live within one mile of the tower. Wow. So, like you said, with um, the smart meters being around only, you know, probably less than 10 years or so, we're, we're sort of the guinea pigs ourselves, right? To <laughs> yeah, we are. This is, this is one of the greatest uh, experiments with human health in modern times. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, can you explain, and I, I remember this uh, slide that you had up about um, the radiation risk greater in, in children than adults. And I, I believe you were yeah. showing a cell phone with the way it, it goes into your brain with the radiation. And, and it was just amazing for like a five-year-old, 10-year-old adult, you know, it was, yeah. if you can the, explain the that. that'd be great. much greater for children. And, and this has to do with the fact that uh, the child's brain is not fully developed. It's not reached its full size. And also with the fact that the skull has not reached its full thickness and hardness. So when you get an adult... Uh, who's holding a cell phone up to their ears, for example, the radiation usually only penetrates about a third of the way across the brain. But when, you, when you're talking about like a five-year-old child, it goes all the way across the brain because of the smaller brain and the not fully developed skull. Ten-year-old child gets it much worse than an adult. And, and this is sad because a lot of parents, what are they doing? They're giving their... their mm-hmm. Their kids of that age, you know, eight and ten year old kids are being given cell phones so they can stay in touch with uh, mom and dad, mm-hmm. <laughs> among other things. And they're carrying them around, you know, on their persons or in their backpacks and whatever. They're being exposed to it a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, just because of my own sensitivities that have developed from the laptops and the smart or the phones and things like that. I, you know, even these when they give the kids the the. Um, smartphones or the, the tablets and things like that is, you know, so little and, and the kids are smart and they can operate them and stuff. But I'm like, I don't know, I wouldn't be doing that because, um, yeah, you never know with the, I know with my sensitivities, I just wonder as they grow up, you know, how sensitive they will be to these things. So, um, and as you said, there's studies showing how, how it is a greater risk in children than adults. So um, can you also, I, this is something that I was not aware of and um I know it's in TVs, but I, I, I didn't know that the smart meter technology is now, it's going into other appliances like your washer and dryer and, and things like that, correct? Yes, it is. Uh, they're called smart appliances, and they, are, they contain chips that are both radio receivers and radio transmitters, and they are constantly sending information to the utility by way of the smart meter. They put out a, um, a signal that uh, reaches a relatively short distance, but it's far enough to reach the smart meter, and then the smart meter boosts that signal and passes it on to the utility. The utility, in turn, uses this same pathway in the opposite direction to turn off particular appliances. Now, this requires that there be smart appliances, um, but um, starting this year, Whirlpool is only selling smart appliances. 
they announced two years ago they'd sell nothing but smart appliances starting in 2014. So if your old appliances wear out and you have to replace them, you're probably not going to have much of a choice on that. You're going to have to buy a smart appliance. And um, as far as we know, there's no way to disable the smart chip feature. It's built right into the control of the appliance. So unless you can keep your old appliances going, you're going to have smart appliances, and they're going to be able to turn them off when they want to. Yeah, that's what I was concerned about. Um, yeah, going yeah. forward, having uh, the these signals here. are much much weaker than the other radio frequencies we're talking about. So, from a, purely from a health standpoint, this is mostly a privacy issue. I think from a health standpoint, they don't present nearly the danger that the meter itself does. Okay, okay, that's good to hear. Um, are there safer versions of smart meters I, which send fewer signals? I, it seems like I read, is it um, in Indiana, is it called an AMR meter? Are there, are there different versions of smart meters? Well, yeah, Indiana, the AMR, that stands for Automatic Meter Reading System. Those are not smart mm-hmm. meters, but they do automatically report your reading for billing purposes. Uh, it requires a drive-by vehicle uh, that comes down your street once a month, and the meter... The drive-by vehicle just sends out a signal and requests the readings from all the meters on the street, and they all answer back and provide their readings. And uh, this is sufficient for billing purposes, but it's not considered a smart meter. These are entirely safe, and we, we have no reason to object to them, uh, either on either health grounds or privacy grounds. Um, there's also, uh, in some countries, notably Italy, for example, instead of using radio transmitters, they're they're hardwiring their smart meters. They're using fiber optic uh, connections to transmit the information. And from a health standpoint, that would be much preferable to what they're doing in the United States. Right. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. So, I, it, you know, as you're talking about that, I, I like that technology better. You know, of course, I, I would love for the U.S. to, to explore those different options. But if, if people do have a smart meter when they go outside and, and check their meters and see that it is digital and that, like you said, the analog type, is there a way that they can um, opt out of them or replace them? Very difficult. The utilities have been most unreasonable about this. Even when people send them letters from their doctor or even from two or more doctors saying that their health would be jeopardized by having a smart meter. The utilities generally ignore it, and they they generally refuse. Once they've installed a smart meter, they generally refuse to take one off the house. Um, Some people's situation has been so so critical that they've been forced to remove the smart meters themselves and, and install an analog meter in its place. And, of course, those are leading to some rather contentious situations between the utility and its customers. But um, they they do have, many utilities do have what they call an opt-out plan. Um, But most of the opt-out plans aren't very good because you still get a smart meter, they just turn off the radio transmitter. And then we still have that dirty electricity problem traveling through the wiring of your home, which also we know makes people sick. Okay, because that was my other question about, because I know that within our local um, city here, it was talk, there's talk about opting out, and um, I guess it's just having the smart meter wireless turned off, and, and, and I've read that that is not better, like you just said, it, it's not better than having 
an analog. It, it doesn't matter with the smart meter or if it's turned off, correct? It, it's still going to pose well, problems. It, it, it's, it does improve things somewhat to have the transmitter turned off. The, the, the problems that remain, though, are you're still going to get the radio frequency from your neighbor's meters. And if you live in the kind of neighborhood where the houses are fairly close together, it's entirely possible that your ma- neighbor's meter is closer to where you sleep at night than your own meter is. Your own meter might be at the other end of the house or mounted on the garage, and your neighbor's meter might be just 10 feet away from you outside your bedroom window. So it does nothing to address the radiation from your neighbors to get you know a so-called opt-out meter, and it does nothing to stop the dirty electricity traveling through your home wiring, and it does nothing to protect your privacy either. I mean, all of these problems remain with the so-called opt-out meter, and yet they charge you. In Michigan, they charge you, uh, Detroit Edison charges $67 up front, and I think it's $9.80 a month forever, or until their next rate increase uh, for, you know, for having the so-called opt-out meter with its very limited benefits. Right. Does somebody still, with that, they still don't have to send somebody around to do a meter reading, do they? Yeah, they then they have to send somebody that. around to do the meter reading, and supposedly okay. the $9.80 a month is to cover the cost of that. Okay, <clears throat> okay. Now, when you have the smart meter on your house, um, where does the radiation emit? Is it going out of the front of the meter, or is it coming back into the house, like through the wall? Both. Is- it's, a, it's, it's nearly equal. There's a little bit more coming off the front of the meter than the back, but it's almost as much coming off the back of the meter as there is the front. So, you know, if it's mounted on your, if it happened to be mounted on your bedroom wall, you've got almost the full strength radiation coming through the wall to where you lay your head down at night. Okay. And then is there like a a guard that can be put around the meter to sort of there make are, the radiation uh, go out from the house and add in? There are companies that make uh, a, a type of guard. Uh, one type is like a cylinder that's made out of... Uh, Aluminum mesh, I think, with an aluminum mesh faceplate that has a, a slot cut out so they can still read the meter. And you, it's a cylinder, and you just slide it over the uh, the glass envelope of the meter. And they say that it still lets enough of the radio frequency out so the utility can re- still read your meters automatically. I don't know. I have no way to check that claim. Um, that would be one of my concerns is if, if, if it prevents the utility from getting the signal and they're going to come around and say, take that thing off, you know, so you would have wasted money buying it. But if it does allow the, the system to still function and, and cuts down on the intensity of radiation, there, there may be a benefit. But again, it doesn't protect you from what's coming out the backside of the meter directly into your home. It only protects on the front side. Okay. It's a touchy now, situation. Well, what, if, if people want to really protect themselves, uh, there's another thing that they can do. And that is, let's say the meter were outside a bedroom, for example, or some other room where you're really concerned about the exposure. What you can do, uh, I know this is kind of a pain, but what you can do is, is buy aluminum window screening material and cover one entire wall of the room with aluminum window screening material. And it also has to be grounded. You have to attach a wire to it and probably run it to the nearest to a clamp on the nearest water pipe. And that provides a way for the energy to be dissipated into the ground. Uh, this can be very effective at blocking radio frequency from entering the home. Um, those homes that have aluminum siding are a little better protected than other kinds of siding too. 
and um, anyone who's going to do this kind of thing, they should either buy or borrow a radio frequent, a handheld radio frequency meter, so that they can tell if they're making the situation better or worse by putting up uh, all these screens. It is possible to make things worse, depending if the screen's in the wrong place. It can wind up reflecting radiation back into the room that would otherwise have passed on. So you've got to check your work with a handheld meter if you're going to go down this road. Right. That's great. Great advice to to have those um, handheld meters that will um, measure the amount of radiation yeah, that you're and, being exposed to. And there are also filters that you can buy that, that will protect you, at least to some extent, from that dirty electricity. It's a company called Stetzer Electric Company in Wisconsin that sells Stetzer filters. Um, that you actually plug into electric outlets. I usually want you to buy at least uh, a dozen or so of those. At um, I think they're less than forty dollars a piece. Uh, so you're going to spend five hundred dollars at least. But you plug them into various outlets around the house, and they uh, supposedly suppress the dirty electricity. And I've heard reports that that it does work uh, fairly well. It helps. Right. It may not right. completely get rid of the dirty electricity, but it makes a, a noticeable difference. Okay, that's good advice too. So, so there are possible other options. And I, I know that this is a tricky situation because the the meters belong to the company, right? The utilities company, and but they're on right. our property. So, you know, are, are there any laws on the books which which oppose smart meters? I, it seems like one of our representatives locally was was trying to. Um, propose a law about that, but do you know of other laws that, yeah, that might be yeah. out there? There's there's one that's called the Felony Surveillance Law. Um, I believe it's 750.539D. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think that's the number of the law. It's it's a Michigan law, and I think there might be similar laws in other states. It's a Michigan law that makes it a felony, punishable by two years in prison, to install a surveillance device on a private home without the knowledge and consent of the owner. However, n- nobody's enforcing this here in Michigan. Um, you know, the, the politicians are all kind of gung-ho about the allowing the smart grid to move forward, and they're just kind of turning their back and looking the other way when a, when a felony law is being broken. So that's one thing. The other thing is the so-called easement that the utilities have allows them to install a meter. Um, I mean, when you sign up for electric power, you effectively give them consent to install a meter on your property and to have access to it, to read it, repair it, replace it as they deem necessary. But it only refers to a meter, and the term meter is defined in law does not include all these things that smart meters do. Meter is just a device to measure electricity for billing purposes. That's all it is. And so when you sign up for electricity, all you've consented to is the installation of a plain old meter, not a smart meter. There's nothing in the, at least here in Michigan, there's nothing in state law or regulations or federal law for that matter that mandates anyone must accept a smart meter on their home. But they're just doing it. They're, they're just saying, you know, the utility itself is, is making it a condition of service. Mm-hmm. And the Public Utility Commission is saying, just look in the other way. When we call our Michigan Public Utility Commission, all they tell us is, uh, we don't interfere, this is a direct quote, we do not interfere with the utilities business practices, unquote. Well, that's what they were in business to do. They were created to interfere with the 
business practices of a monopoly utility. That's their whole reason for being, but they're not exercising it in this case. Okay. Um, I do want to, we're going to, we're starting to get close to, to our, our break here, but I do want to ask you since, um, the audience is national. Is there a central website which um, can list like where the smart meters have been installed, or if they're going to be installed in their area? Is there is there one place they can go to find that? Um, it's possible, that, but not to my knowledge. I would suggest that what people do is that they there's two possibilities. They can either go to the website of their local utility company, or they can go to the website of the public utility commission in their state. And generally, uh, there would be maps available at the state level that would tell them where within their state the meters are being installed. Okay, and they can be from various utilities companies, right? Because here we have DTE and then consumers is going to be also um, installing them. So sure. there might be multiple smart meters on their house, right? Okay. Right. Um, okay, so I, as we're wrapping up here, I do want to... Um, have you mentioned your website to us and, and how people can contact you if they would uh, like to get in touch with you? Sure. Um, the website is michiganstopsmartmeters.com. And uh, if you go there, there, there's tabs all across the top. You can click on that, the health tab and get right into all the, the research that's been done around the world that's been published in peer-reviewed journals. Uh, if anyone wishes to contact me, um, my email is fdshell at gmx.com. That's F as in Frank, D as in David, S-H-E-L dot G as in George, M as in Mary, x.com. Great. And well, I would, I... Glad, I would be glad to respond to people's questions or inquiries if they write to email me. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you coming on today, David, because this has been very informative and I know that the audience um, has picked up a lot of great information from this. So um, thank you again for, for coming. It's time for us to sh take a short break, but I again want to thank David Sheldon for joining me today. And and don't go away, but because um, audience, we're, we're going to come back and talk about some current events, um, some election news and things like that. So you're listening to Living Natural Today out with toxins and with your health on Voice America. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. If you are someone who wants to minimize your exposure to toxins in and around your home, or are someone who simply wants to live a more natural and healthy lifestyle, then Living Natural Today's 14-day program to better health is for you. In this 14-day program, you'll receive practical steps and recommendations that'll help root out toxins in your food, home, personal care products, and more. With daily email guidance, videos, and detoxification tips, this program is sure to open your eyes and transform your health. Sign up today at livingnaturaltoday.com. Teresa Jungling of Living Natural Today is a fierce advocate for health and wellness. She knows firsthand how one's health can be damaged as a result of toxins, stress, and an unhealthy diet. 
To learn more about how toxins can impact your health, please visit her website at www.livingnaturaltoday.com. Sign up to receive her free newsletter and as her gift to you, receive a free guide chock full of useful resources, including links to real food bloggers and recipes, information on organic standards, GMOs, chemicals, recommended safe products, and much more. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Living Natural Today, out with toxins, in with your health. To reach Teresa or her guests on the show, please tweet using hashtag LNT Radio. You may also send an email to radio at livingnaturaltoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back as we continue at Living Natural Today, out with toxins and with your health. I'm your host, Teresa Jungling. Today we've been talking about smart meters, but now I want to get into some current events. Um, and as always, as I, I do mention, be sure to follow me on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Plus, as I constantly try to share information and resources to, to help keep you guys a, a, on top of what's going on regarding toxins in our health. Um, you can find those links on my website at livingnaturaltoday.com, and the social media links are all across the top. So here in the United States, we just came off of a, a big election for 2014, and there were some things that um, related to our health and, and food. So as I've been mentioning during the past few weeks, both um, Oregon and Colorado both voted on initiatives um, during this election that happened, which require uh, mandatory labeling of GMOs, genetically modified organisms, in both of these states. And unfortunately, uh, the Colorado initiative did not pass. And then the one in Oregon, it was so, so close. And actually, I was checking it right before the show today, and um, it looks like it did not pass, but um, that margin was, was so close. Um, unfortunately, the large food and chemical companies that are supporting GMOs, they poured an unprecedented amount of money into the campaign um, to the tune of almost like $40 million total, you know, they trying to sway the voters. And I'm sure if you're in those states, you've seen the commercials. Um, you know, it, it's disappointing that people are still getting hoodwinked by the, these big food manufacturers and Monsanto and other chemical companies. However, with each of these proposals, more and more people are becoming aware of GMOs, which, which is a good thing. It's a, a talking point now, and it's, um, you know, bringing people's attention to the issue. But another bill that, and I've, I've neglected to um, talk about, and, and I hadn't really heard quite a bit about, uh, much about it, was in Hawaii, and it was a GMO moratorium bill. So it's considered one of the uh, strongest anti-GMO bills ever, and it would um, stop the cultivation of genetically engineered crops until studies conclusively prove they are safe. And Monsanto is actually one of the companies who operates farms in, in Maui co- County, and the spill like, could effectively just shut it down. So um, opponents raised nearly $8 million against the measure, making it the most expensive campaign in state history. And it, it was it was very close, but fortunately, it looks like the bill passed. So that's great news that um, Hawaii is taking a stand on that. So I posted information on social media, and you know, you win some, you lose some. But the the words being spread out there, and um, people are being educated. So the next uh, story I want to talk about is I recently read an article on FoodNavigator.com that I, I didn't like the sound of it. Um, it's titled, DuPont, We Will Launch 4,000 Products by 2020. And DuPont's uh, chief made mention that their nutrition and health division will play a big part in the launch of 4,000 food-related products and ingredients in the next six years. 
The article goes on to say that DuPont's lab revealed much work going on around improving the sensory and nutritional properties of bread, meat alternatives, ice cream, and nutrition bars. Another project was using brain imaging to better understand responses to sweetener consumption. And the firm was moving closer to undetectable replacement of sugars, fats, and salts, given the contemporary palace that we have. Um, the same went for soy base and other meat alternatives that cater to a growing number of, of meat reducers and, and vegetarians. And this work that's being done here, it reminds me of a book that I've read called uh, Salt, Sugar, Fat, How the Food Giants Hoodwinked Us by Michael Moss. And I, I recommend you reading that if, you, if you'd like to learn more about um, our modern food. It's, it's very interesting. Um, but anyways, when a, a chemical company makes mention of a greater involvement within the food industry, it, it really concerns me. So didn't like that article. Um, this next one is about uh, U.S. farmers launching billion-dollar suit against Syngenta. And another biotech giant, Syngenta, may have destroyed the corn export business in the United States, the farmers that they count on, um, by releasing a genetically altered variety before it was approved. So who is Syngenta? Syngenta is a global agribusiness that markets seeds and agrochemicals. And so they, they may have just singly, single-handedly destroyed the corn export business that the U.S. farmers count on while depressing local domestic corn prices. Now, the biotech giant will have to face a billion-dollar claim in federal court being launched by farmers in three different states. And they also say that China has recently rejected huge shipments of U.S.-grown GMO corn, largely because Syngenta released this genetically altered variety before it was approved for consumption or sale in Chinese markets. And in Sioux City, um, some claim that they don't even use GM corn, but they have been hurt by Syngenta's actions because of their GMO variety. It's called Bipterra crossbred with their non-GMO crops. So within this article, DuPont's name came up too, and, and they actually are, are recommending this, this um, Syngenta product. So oh, thank you, DuPont, for your recommendation here. So, okay, so many things are troubling in this article. For starters, these chemical companies grip on seeds that are being used to grow food. Then the fact that the genetically modified seeds are contaminating and crossbreeding with non-GMO crops. Also that China has been refusing GMO crops for years now, while we in the United States have to fight like crazy to get the food label. You know, I don't even know what to say here. You know, do your research, learn about what's going on with our food, learn about GMOs and, and shop organic for non-GMO food or look for the um, non-GMO Project Verified label. So I do want to also mention to you that, or, or ask, have you been um, seeing the new TV commercials on, on that are for um, Whole Foods? I was shocked to see one of their commercials during the World Series, and I had to almost do a double take because I'd never seen a commercial of theirs before. But the chain is now um, launching its first ever national brand campaign, including TV ads during buzzworthy network and cable shows. The ad campaign is part of Whole Foods' effort to brand itself as America's healthiest grocery store at a time when competition has e eaten into its profits. And many mainstream grocers, like you might have in your area with Wegmans and Kroger's and Walmart, have beefed up their local and organic offerings. They're targeting millennials who, after all, may not have remembered a time when Whole Foods stood out as the first mainstream grocer um, to tout you know, local produce and its commitment to sustainable growing practices and its relationship with farmers and ranchers. And then their ads are also targeting um, 25 to 49-year-olds who are socially conscious consumers who care about their health and care about the quality of products and, and really want the information about where their, their food comes from. So I, I find it interesting that, that Whole Foods is having to advertise like this now. They've been one of the leaders in this industry for a while, 
but I'm actually glad that there's more competition out there today. And it means that our voices are being heard as more of us shop organic and look for healthy options. Um, other food retailers have taken notice, and now there's some more competition there. So that, that's good news, too. So as I always say, vote with your dollar, and um, the retailers and manufacturers will start to take notice. So we're coming up to the um, end of our program. The time always goes by really quickly. But I want to thank you for listening in. And I would like to thank our guest today, David Sheldon of Michigan Stop Smart Meters. And David's website, again, can be found at michiganstopsmartmeters.com for more information. And he has a lot of resources out there that I invite you to take a look at. I'd also like to invite you to visit my website at livingnaturaltoday.com. And be sure to download your free resource guide about minimizing toxins. If you haven't already done that, um, I encourage you to do that. So next week, um, I hope that you'll join me. We have a great guest called... Um, Her name is Cassidy Randall, and she's from the Women's Voices for the Earth to speak about toxins and everyday products that we use. And she's doing some campaigns even recently that we we will discuss. So until then, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health. So I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for joining Teresa Jungling for this week's edition of Living Natural Today, out with toxins, in with your health. Please tune in again next Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll see you next week.